Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. It is 106 in Edmonton, the Monday edition of Oilers Now, brought to you as always by Digitex. Don't spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. You're all in one. Convenient location is Digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. If you want to keep in touch, it's just one number to do so now. You can call us on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline. That's 780-496-0063. That's also your Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors has more for your floor. You can follow us on Twitter at Oilers Now. Bob is at under Bob underscore Stoffer rather, and I am at Brendan Escott. That's Brendan with an E, not Brendan with an A. And I know we had a gorgeous weekend, okay, but if it's not going to last forever. Temperatures are dropping, so it's just about time to start thinking tropical. Forget about white snow. Start thinking white sand. How about Puerto Vallarta for you? Jet away with Chad's 630 Chad's uh, Jalen Nye in January on an amazing, all-inclusive winter holiday tour that includes seven nights at the five-star beachfront Maravel Armory Resort, plus parking at Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. On sale now for just $2,195. Book your spot today by calling New West Travel or visiting newwesttravel.com. We'll hear from the general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings, Kurt Hill, coming up at 1.35. But right now, pleased to be joined by 6.30 Ched's Reed Wilkins. Reed, a busy weekend in the Edmonton sports community and one in which both teams came away without all the points that they needed. The Oilers not getting it done on Saturday and then the Eskimos falling. We'll get there in a minute. But first, your take on the Oilers-Stars game, ultimately a 5-4 overtime loss. Well, first of all, Brendan, just make sure. Am I coming through okay here? You're sounding great. Okay, good. Well, I, I thought that was uh, just on the pure level of, of being able to watch a hockey game. I, I think it was a really entertaining game. You had star players make plays. Uh, another good game by McDavid. Jamie Benn got the winner. Tyler Sagan got a big goal. And, uh, you know, it was good to see Jujar Kara step up, even though there were nine goals in the game and one of the goaltenders got pulled. I, I thought there was there were some really big saves in the game. I think just disappointing for the Oilers and another step in the journey here that they weren't able to close it out in the third period. It, it wasn't just that the you know the Stars obviously got the two goals to tie it, but they were all over the Oilers. And, and I remember asking Rob Brown during the second intermission, what do the Oilers need to do here in the third? And he said, keep pushing. Well, 
unfortunately, they just weren't able to do it. They, the Stars were just flat out better. They did all the pushing, and, and the Oilers couldn't respond. So, you know, that, you know, there's always little things where you say, okay, maybe that's a bit of a benchmark, something they need to do better, and the Oilers have been a pretty good third-period team. But, I mean, the Stars are 10-1-1 in their, in their last 12, and they've really shot up and got back into the race after that 1-7-1 start. So, so credit to the Stars. If the Oilers are going to be a good or very good team, they're going to have to be able to match and beat what the Stars brought in the in the third period. So, again, just something else to keep working on. Dave Tippett said today he liked probably 80-85% of the game, so there's, there's 15 or 20% of the things to work on. And I also asked Tippett, too, uh, Brendan, and, and I'm going to get this tonight on Inside Sports. I, I asked about A, that the scoring is up in the league this year. It's one of the highest scoring uh, seasons of the last 20 years so far. We'll see if it keeps up, but also about late game situations and how early teams pull the goaltenders and, I mean, the Oilers have tied a couple of games late. Now they gave up a late tying goal to Dallas. And I asked just how that is is different over the time he's been a coach in the NHL, and he said it's quite a bit different than. And uh, he talked about going to the the Shanahan Summit where they did a lot of the rule changes. Check that's what thirteen, fourteen years ago now, and and I think we're starting to see a, a lot of that really pay off when it's coupled with all the speed and the skill that's in the game. And I, and I know a lot of fans still think there's too much interference and and uh, obstruction and all that kind of stuff, but it's it's way better than it used to be. And it's a really good clip by by Tippett. He'll I'll have it tonight. He'll he'll tell it in his old words in his own words. But he had a great story too about Marty San Louis, part of this committee, and and uh, how encouraged he was how it was going to open open things up. So you know the Oilers couldn't couldn't defend it uh, on uh, on Saturday and another tough one tomorrow. They have not done well against the I think they're oh five and one against the Sharks in their last six meetings. Yeah, I think it's bizarre that they're playing them in their barn exactly a week apart uh, but that's just how the schedule shakes down so to me I look at the game on Saturday afternoon read and say okay you just got pushed to your limit and you you fell short of the expectation that you would have for yourself but that's what these next five games are going to be like out on the road so I don't mind them having seen a little bit of adversity like that but along with a lot of positivity too in that game as they're about to head out on what I think could be a season defining road trip here through a bunch of divisional rivals. Well, it is a big trip. You got five games, so so ten points available, and there are eight points between first and and seventh in the Pacific Division. And the Sharks are in seventh, and I, and I don't think anybody thinks the Sharks are going to finish in seventh. Well, I, I certainly don't. I, I don't think. I, I think Anaheim and L.A. will wound up will wind up at the, the bottom of the division. You know, going into this year, I thought Vegas, San Jose, and Calgary would have the the top three spots in the Pacific. I still think Vegas and San Jose will have two of the top three. I, I have my questions about the Flames now, so I think that third spot it, it's there for Edmonton, Arizona, Vancouver, or Calgary to take that that third automatic berth uh, once we shake down to the end of the year. Arizona, I mean, right now, Edmonton, Arizona, Vancouver are one, two, three in the Pacific. I thought those were, those they might finish four, five, six. And maybe they still will by the end of the year. But I just, I, I haven't seen enough consistency um, from the Flames. Uh, you know, I know they had a tough road loss last night to think that they're a lock to get into the top three. I, I still think San Jose or Vegas get there. So when the Oilers play these teams, I mean, you got to get the points against the Kings, right? 
Yeah. I mean, if you can get points in San Jose, maybe get a win tomorrow, then at least you got two out of the four road points against the Sharks with still the two home games to come against then. But yeah, this is a, and then you, at the end of the trip, you're going to play Colorado. We'll see how healthy Colorado is for that trip. But what are the Avalanche going to be thinking about? They're going to be thinking about how they got steamrolled uh, here at Rogers Place last week, and they're going to want a little retribution for that. I'm sure the Oilers are satisfied with the fact that Vancouver turned around the next night and and, uh, and humbled them or tried at least took them to the to the brink. So it's not necessarily like it's going to be a super pissed off Avalanche team. But you're right. I think teams have memories for that kind of thing. Uh, I want to ask you about special teams because we're pretty deep into the season at this point, Reed, and the numbers are still gaudy. Uh, I, I just I asked John Shannon. He seems to think that this is sustainable. I don't know if the power play is going to be a 32% power play the rest of the way here, but this is something that they just have to ride while it's working and then figure it out when other teams adjust, fair to say? I think so, and... You know the good power plays. If it's if it's twenty five percent, they don't score exactly on one of every four chances. They have bursts where they get three in one game and two in the next game. We saw the Oilers get four in a game. I I do think the power play can be between twenty five and thirty percent. If you just look at the the talent on the power play when they when they commit to getting pucks on net and and down low into the scoring area they have a lot of guys with good hands who can score on rebounds and score from in tight and obviously you got three great passers on there Clefbaum does his job at the point he keeps a lot of pucks in I, I know uh, you know Rob and I get asked a lot well do you put Ethan Bear there do you need a right right shot there well Probably someday Evan Bouchard is going to be there, but when it, the percentage is that high, why why change it up? I guess the only thing they do is chase on and Neil have gone back and forth a little bit for the for the net front guy. I, I think the power play can stay strong. The penalty kill again. I mean, what are they up to now? Twenty straight? Like that's that's not an accident. I, I don't know if it's going to finish where it is. That the penalty kill will have some bumps along the way as well, but. It is the penalty kill is noticeably better when Shane and Archibald have been in the lineup, and specifically when they get to start the penalty kill, which is almost all the time, unless their line has has just been on the ice. Like they are really good at pressuring the puck. Shane's been good in faceoffs. They, they they work well as a unit. It seems like when one guy peels off or. Or, you know, they just know when to hand guys off in, in terms of coverage. So I think a quarter of the way into the season, I don't know if both special teams units are going to be in the top five by the end of the year. I think the power play will be. But even if you have a penalty kill that's, you know, between eighth and twelfth, that's a huge amount of goals shaved off from last year. All right, we're joined by the host of Inside Sports here on Oilers Now. It is Reed Wilkins, and Reed, not the only action, as I mentioned, coming into this. Uh, the Edmonton Eskimos had their season on the line, a trip to the Grey Cup on the line yesterday. Could not get it done against a Hamilton Tiger Cats team that just looks pretty well unbeatable at this point, in my opinion. Um, what did you make of the game, a 36-16 loss on the road? Well, I, you know, I was... Uh, I was afraid it might go that way, and I thought it might might go that way, and it pretty much did go that way. To be honest with you, Brendan, I, I know the Thai Cats had the lead the entire game. I, I actually thought the Eskimos kept it closer than 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 I feared it would be. I mean, I I, I was afraid that one could be over at halftime. At least the Eskimos gave themselves enough of a chance where going into the fourth quarter if they got a big play or or got a couple breaks in in rapid succession that that maybe you know they could have been within seven or or even tied it but 
Hamilton's good, and I mean, Hamilton made mistakes in that game. They turned over the ball as well, but they made fewer mistakes than the Eskimos, and, and they made more plays, and I think you saw the impact of their defense. And I, you know what? Trevor Harris still had a pretty good game, but you saw the throws that weren't quite as accurate and not as quite as much room for receivers to run after making the catch, and that's Hamilton forcing the issue. That's just them being better at getting pressure on the quarterback. That's them being better at covering and there were smaller windows for Harris to throw into and they were on receivers a lot quicker. So, I mean, look, Hamilton 15-3. and They were 9-0 and at home. They, they went out. Look, for the Eskimos to win, to, to have won that game, they basically needed Hamilton to choke to some extent, like for Evans not to handle the pressure or for somebody to really goof up because pure head-to-head, both teams playing to their capabilities, of course Hamilton was going to win. And, and I really don't think the Eskimos played a bad game in terms of their level of ability and execution. I, I just think they got beat by a, by a much superior team. Uh, Hamilton's clearly the favorite for the Grey Cup. Winnipeg's interesting because you know their defense is pretty good, and it's a little different dimension with Kalaros back there. But you still have to favor favor Hamilton. I mean, look, disappointing year for the Eskimos. Two years in a row, they're six and three at the halfway point. And yeah, I mean, I think we all recognized that at this year's halfway point. Okay, maybe they they'd beaten up on some teams that weren't very good, but still, if you're six and three, you're thinking, well, they should stay in the mix for a home play playoff game maybe they won't win the division but maybe they're going for second place and getting a game at home and that was pretty much out of the question you know by by week 14 or 15 by that point they're just trying to nail down a playoff spot and get the crossover so that so that was that was pretty disappointing that they just other than going into Montreal and playing a good game of the east semifinal they never really quite had the jam to go at it with with a good team and, and really challenge them and go back and forth and, and, and make a game interesting. So there, there will be changes. There's going to be obviously a lot of discussion about the coaching. Jason Moss there's no doubt in my mind he knows offensive football. He knows how to how to scheme offensively. He he believes in plays that work. Uh, is he a little too stubborn with the play calling at times? I, I think absolutely he is. We we saw some wrinkles in the playoffs that we didn't see during the regular season, and I understand you don't want to show your hand in in week three. But I also think like man, like you're 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 fighting to try to get a home game here. Why didn't we see some of that stuff earlier in the season? Or or using Cooper and Gable in the same game? Or all that kind of stuff, and he was the coach for four years, and uh, and they never finished higher than than third in the division. So I really think you have to wonder what what's going forward there. And look, he'll he'll work somewhere in the league. He'll be if if, if he's not in Edmonton, I think he'll be a head coach or an offensive coordinator uh, next year. I do think he's he's pretty well thought of, and and he knows his stuff offensively. But you know, like I said, four years is uh, four years is a while to be at the helm, and and the Eskimos didn't really get to to where it was hoped they could get to. And I just to piggyback on on a couple different points there, Reed. I mean, there was so many changes and so much optimism in the off season on paper that this team should have been able to execute better than they had. I, this was not an eight and ten roster to me, and obviously, your starting quarterback going down as many teams contended with this year is not uh, exactly ideal. But it seemed like towards the end of the year, when plays were finally starting to be made in the red zone, it was guys like Calvin McCarty making those plays. It wasn't your rock star 
star wide receivers. It wasn't, um, you know, the bully of a runner that CJ Gable is. It seemed to be coming from these little gadgety plays. And there's just too much talent on the roster for them to have not as been effective as they were. The offensive line steps up and performs incredibly given the absence of Sir Vincent Rogers, who we don't even know what is going to look like at now 33 years old coming off a major injury. But I just wonder how much change we're going to see this offseason, what pieces they might add. I don't think the secondary is going to be enough to get it done against anybody, Reed. Is that uh, is that crazy of me to think? Well, I th- yeah, I mean, the secondary by the end of the year turned out to be a, a weak point because obviously the D-line and the and the linebackers were, were pretty good, if not excellent, in, in many games. I, I think at receiver... You know, it's funny. We spent a lot of the off season in the for the Oilers talking about adding speed. I think the Eskimos could lo- use a little more speed in the receiving core, and there was always a lot of discussion about the Eskimos' play calling. Well, why are they calling those short passes? Why are they calling the hitch screens? Why does Harris just take the snap sometimes and throw the pass directly sideways to a guy four four yards behind the scrimmage? Hamilton runs a lot of those plays, Brendan. I mean, Hamilton runs a lot of those plays where a guy is catching it behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage, but they have faster athletes and they block those plays better than the Eskimos. I mean, there was a, a, a bubble screen the Eskimos ran yesterday where I can't remember who caught it. Ellingson was blocking his guy, but there were two other Tiger Cats there to make the tackle. I mean, if you're going to run those plays, you've got to have speed on the outside, and, and you have to have have to have the blocking. So I, I think they'll probably try to find somebody, and always easier said than done, but I, I think you could use a, a receiver or two that's a little more of a burner than what they had this year. All right, Reed, you host an Inside Sports tonight from 6 to 8 here on 630. Chad, what's coming up on the schedule? Well, plenty more on the Eskimos. Dave and Morley will be at Garbage Bag Day, so we'll have comments from all the key people. Blake Dermott will hop on as well. We'll have uh, the latest from Oilers. You'll hear a bit from uh, Adam Larson, who's looking good to play this week, from Dave Tippett as well. And Lori Eisler from the Pandas volleyball team recently recorded her 800 victory as a head coach. Appreciate it, my friend. We'll see you in a while. See ya. Thank you. That is Reed Wilkins, the host of Inside Sports and uh, Edmonton Oilers games here on 630 Chad. Uh, we're pushing the... Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Break again, so we'll press pause, come back with the James H. Brown injury report. It is Brendan Escott with you today on Oilers Now. Hi, this is Zach Cassian from Edmonton Oilers. This Christmas, please support 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. The bins are all out there just waiting for your donations. All the standard spots, grocery stores, local shop, local shopping centers as well. Make sure you make a donation. 
of a new or gently used toy to Chris, or, uh, 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. This is Oilers Now, where some guests receive gift certificates to Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Visit their Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park locations. Still to come uh, after this news break that's on tap here, we will hear from the general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings. It is Kurt Hill, and he'll talk about the six-game BC road trip that's coming up for his group. But right now, i got to remind you to make sure and go down and see the gang at Brent, Roy- Brent Ridge Ford in Wetasco and get a no-charge winter performance package on most cars, trucks, and SUVs, plus 0% financing on Ford F-150s and select SUVs. They've got some screaming Black Friday deals on F-150s right now, so make sure you go down and see uh, Brent Ridge, the eight-time President Diamonds Award winners. For customer satisfaction, they are in Wetasco and are available via phone at one 877 or visit brentridge.com. Quickly to the James H. Brown Injury Report, brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. The Montreal Canadiens losing Jonathan Drouin and Paul Byron this weekend to separate surgeries. Drouin will have wrist surgery today, Byron knee surgery tomorrow, and it sounds like timetables will be established after them. Uh, Either... Either way, rather, that is a big loss as Drouin had put up 15 points in 19 games for Montreal this season. The Sabres got really hit hard over the weekend. Kyle Ocposo on the injury list with an upper body injury out indefinitely. Marcus Johansson rather suffering the same fate on IR until later this month. Johan Larson ruled out indefinitely also with an upper body injury. Bruins demand Tori Krug on the IR indefinitely, an upper body injury there. And Avalanche forward Matt Calvert who took uh, an Elias Peter and shot to the head on Saturday. He'll also be uh, evaluated in concussion pro- protocol right now. Uh, down the QE2, Sam Bennett, Travis Hamannick, both missing last night's game against Vegas. Questionable for Tuesday against Colorado. We're off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Back with Kurt Hill, general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings, when we return on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.